Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Aaron Wiseman, and I am here to help you out of a place of burnout, brokenness, and despair into one that is joy-filled, sustainable, and that you absolutely freaking love. And I am so excited to bring you this two-part series on being stuck with Dr. Devin Gumbel. She has become one of my close online friends. She's almost within driving distance from me here in Southern Indiana, up in Northern Illinois. And I am so excited to bring you this first part of the series, talking about her story and how she got out of career misery. So here we go. Let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Devin Gimble. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) Tell all our listeners about yourself, maybe about how we met and the great work that you're doing in the world. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm a physician. Um, I'm double board certified. So I'm certified in anatomic pathology as well as dermatopathology. So I specialize in the diagnosis of skin diseases. And that's actually what I've practiced full time since I finished my fellowship in Dermpath about seven and a half years ago. After my fellowship, I moved out to where I currently am, which is the suburbs of Chicago, um, where I was practicing full time Dermpath until about six months ago when I transitioned into a more hybrid practice of self-employment as well as some coaching, which is I think kind of what we're going to focus on talking about today and where my whole experience has kind of come full circle with you and how you and I first started communicating with one another, the overlap that you and I do with our work with women physicians and and all things um, coaching. Yeah, I love it. Remind me, what platform did we meet on? Was it Facebook? It must have been. It yeah, must have been. it must have been Facebook. And um, you were actually it was like a the, year and a half ago. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. And you were one of the very first people who reached out to me um, when I was talking about my work as a coach. And you were just so friendly and collaborative and supportive. And I loved how much you just wanted to lift up everybody around you. And it was just so phenomenal getting to meet you. And then we started talking about our very similar stories, I think, and sort of some shared experiences that we had, you know, as early career women physicians, and I guess what some people would call burnout, but wasn't even what I had acknowledged as burnout in my own experience, just much more what I felt like was just career misery, actually, um, more than burnout, and kind of the trajectory that then, you know, that took me on in terms of figuring out what was really going on with me, and then learning about this entire world that I never knew anything about, which was coaching, where you and I, I think have a lot of shared passions. Yeah. Because I remember too, I was really jazzed that you were in the Midwest as well. And I think you had just completed your training or were jumping into it. And I was just really excited to be like, yes, another one in the fold. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that that's something that, especially in the last year has been so exciting is just this really growing acknowledgement of the power of coaching within the medical community. You know, I think we're sort of one of the later fields to really catch up to how incredible this is, um, you know, as a tool and to really help us and teach us. I think about coaching personally as all of the things that medical school residency fellowship never taught us 
as human beings, right? I mean, we were trained how to be amazing care providers, how to save people's lives, you know, how to kind of be present in the moments of the deepest suffering of other people. But we never, ever, ever were taught how to care for ourselves in a similar way. And I see, you know, so many physicians now suffering because of sort of this culture of neglect, you know, that's been instilled in us as providers through our medical education. And I think coaching is such an amazing way to really shine a light on that, you know, and to help us as human beings, again, kind of regain that humanity in ourselves and, and especially having physicians now in the role of coaches to other physicians, I think is tremendously powerful because who better understands kind of our shared experiences, right? And yeah, the struggles the that, yeah, that physicians go through, you know, than other physicians. Absolutely. Well, I love it. And I love your word today. That's stuck. <laughs> right. You know, you think of all the possible words and I was looking for one of the inspirational ones, you know, cause there's so many, you know, there's courage and possibility and intention. And, you know, I just kept coming back to the word that honestly resonated with me the most and was kind of the catalyst for a lot of the personal and professional changes that I've gone through in the last year and a half. And that, that really truly was stuck because just how I felt for so long. Right. And share a little bit with the audience, like your stuckness and what was the point when you decided you will no longer be stuck? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. And I think that experience for me really also made me realize how, how much as you know, physicians, again, that we, how much we tolerate, um, how much we are willing to put up with in terms of our own discomfort, you know, in order to do our jobs and to please the people around us and to take care of those around us. And for me, my stuckness, it goes back really to the beginning of, of my stories in attending seven and a half years ago, where I joined um, a really small physician-owned private practice right out of fellowship that um, I thought was going to be just an amazing fit for me. I mean, I really, when I was offered this job, felt like I had won the lottery. You know, I thought this was going to be my forever job and I was going to practice here, you know, for decades, really, you know, my entire career. And I was so excited about it. And it was a great job um, for several years. You know, it, it was just intellectually really satisfying, really challenging, um, and wonderful colleagues and geographically was in an area that worked great for me. But as things do in medicine, things change. You know, there are a lot of kind of outside pressures on the practice. I think a lot of people are familiar with, you know, reimbursement changes and small physician-owned practices have to be really nimble and agile and willing to change, right, in order to survive. And that's what happened really with my practice is that just a lot of pressures came down the pike and the practice had to change. And for me personally, a lot of those changes made the job much less satisfying and fulfilling for me where, you know, for about two or three years, I was pretty happy. And, and then a lot of these changes um, started happening. And I just found myself becoming increasingly unhappy with, with what this position was. And, you know, it wasn't a change overnight. And I think that's kind of what happens is that things start to degrade, but, you know, we tolerate them, you know, nothing's perfect and we want to find the best in a situation. And so we just adjust and we keep moving. And I think for me, what happened was that unhappiness shifted into really kind of misery um, for me after about another year and a half of changes. And so around four years into this practice, I was just incredibly unhappy. And for me, that's where the stuckness came in because I felt like I was incredibly limited in my options. I practice um, a very specific and small subspecialty um, that 
is very geographically limited. And I was also limited by sort of non-medical factors in my life. Um, my husband is also a physician and was a self-employed and still is self-employed in our area with a wonderful practice. We have family nearby, had a lot of reasons why um, I couldn't, didn't think that I could just pick up and leave my life. And so I came to a point where I felt like my only options really for being a physician were to stay in this environment that no longer really suited me in which I could still practice medicine, but was feeling, you know, pretty miserable. I felt um, under those circumstances that I just, you know, wasn't really appreciated for the work that I was doing. Um, I had a lot of frustration and resentment. I felt very taken advantage of. And intellectually, I loved my job. I really loved the practice of medicine. So I felt like my options were to practice medicine in this one spot because there were no other options or really to quit, which I didn't want to do either. And so for me, feeling stuck came from this notion that I only had two options and neither one of them were good. And so I was going to choose, you know, the least bad of the two options where I could at least still practice medicine. Um, but that certainly didn't help me at all in my feeling about being trapped in my situation. Yeah. And it's so important that you recognize that you definitely got stuck in either or thought processing. Absolutely. I talk a lot to my people about that, that it's not true or false, A or B, it's an open-ended question and we forget about the or, like all the things in between that we've not given any thought processing to. One, I think because there's no exampling of that, which is changing now. I think in the last several years, we see a lot more people doing non-traditional, very fulfilling career paths that we didn't even know were an option before. Yeah, absolutely. Two, also just the discussion of being okay with not being okay and getting that out into the open instead of everything is rainbows and sunshine. Like it's a little bit of rainbows, but also there's a lot of rain clouds too. Yeah. And I think that's such a a crucial point. And I know for me personally, I think you just hit the nail on the head with that. You know, I, I think that it's so difficult for us as physicians when we find ourselves in a place where we are dissatisfied, because I know for me personally, there was just a tremendous amount of guilt and shame and then isolation that came from that because you look at sort of the doctor versus non-doctor binary, right? And it to everybody else, I think there's still socially this assumption that, um, you know, the doctors just have these amazing lives. And in so many ways we do. And we're also human beings with struggles, right? I mean, being a doctor is not 100% roses and daisies and amazingness. So it's, it's very difficult to try to communicate with people outside, you know, of the medical sphere when you are feeling dissatisfied or disillusioned, because I think there's a fear of so much judgment about, you know, why we can't be grateful and satisfied, you know, for, for this amazing life that we do have. And I think, for me personally, I think that was amplified because, you know, I was functioning within what many people would identify as a very lifestyle friendly field. Um, And, you know, even within the medical community, I think those of us who have jobs where we're not on call, you know, every second or third night, or, you know, we're not working 20, 36 hours straight, you know, I, I think we all have this hierarchy of suffering, you know, where we feel like if we are not at the top of the suffering, then we almost have no right to talk about the ways that we, we are suffering, you know, and I think in pathology, you know, dermatology, ophthalmology, whatever is considered now, you know, a lifestyle field, I think all of us still have our struggles, right? Oh, and, absolutely. 
yeah. And when we feel like we are trapped in a certain way, and then on top of that, have a lot of guilt about it, it is just so isolating. So just opening up that conversation, like you said, to begin with about, you know, what is it that you are feeling? Why are you feeling that way? And just validating that in and of itself can be so helpful. And I think one of the reasons why I was miserable for as long as I was is because I never allowed myself to do that. You know, when I started getting really miserable about four years into practice, I remember having a thought process of, okay, well, this is just the way it is. I mean, medicine is hard and we're socialized through our medical training to tolerate hard, right? You know, we know how to sacrifice ourselves. We know kind of how to suffer in silence. And so, you know, when you hit that wall out of training, in some ways it's surprising, but in some ways it's just more of the same. Mm-hmm. And we're really good at just keeping our heads down and moving forward. And that's definitely what I did. You know, I, I just kind of accepted, okay, things could be so much worse. So I'm just going to keep moving ahead, even though I know I'm so unhappy right now. Absolutely. And I think that's where non medical careers, they get stuck, but they still have some traction. But when I find our peers, when they're stuck, they're like three feet down in the mud stuck. Yeah, absolutely. Because you just ground and ground and ground um, all the way down into the ground. But it's not impossible to come back from that. So tell a little bit, you know, my listeners probably know my story of coming back from stuckness. Tell your story as far as when did you start to get unstuck? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have this conversation with you is so that other people maybe don't take as long as I took to get unstuck and don't sit in that place of just sort of tolerance of misery, you know, as I did for as long as I did, because it it really is not necessary. So for me, like I said, I mean, it was probably four years into practice that I was just really unhappy all the time. And again, I totally accepted it, you know, and, and I thought, okay, well, things could be so much worse. So I'm just going to keep going. I didn't want to quit medicine entirely. Um, and for me, I just continued on like that for probably two years. And what really changed for me is that in that time, we'd had our first child. And I remember coming to a point where I would come home from work. And this is what would happen with me. You know, I think when you feel stuck in a situation it's not limited to just when you're in that specific situation. I mean, usually what happens is that there are, for me, certainly feelings of like resignation and kind of hopelessness that came along with it. And those don't just sit in your office. You know, those weren't just attached to my microscope and stayed there. And then I came home and I was, you know, totally different or normal person. So for me, what I noticed was that this was just getting dragged around with me everywhere. I mean, the feelings that I was having about my career, about my work were affecting my entire life. And I realized I was coming home and all I was doing was just complaining. Um, I was complaining to my husband and just feeling really sorry for myself. And it didn't really occur to me that that needed to change because my husband is very tolerant of me and my complaining and just kind of tried to be supportive of me. But it changed for me the older my son got. And I remember when he was around two years old, I just had this moment when we were sitting there at the dinner table and I was kind of rehashing the same stuff I had rehashed for so long. And I just looked at my son and I just realized, you know, he's getting such a terrible version of me as a parent and he has no choice in the matter. Right. And I just had this moment of clarity that I had to do something 
about it, that I could choose to just keep being miserable. That was totally an option, but I'd been miserable for so long. And I realized like being miserable doesn't heal misery. You know, like repeating that day over and over again, wasn't changing anything. And I really needed to figure out how to fix this, not only for myself, because I was almost just willing to be unhappy for myself. It was really when I accepted and noticed the impact that was having truly on my family that I realized like this is not good enough. You know, my son really deserves a better parent than this. My husband deserves a better partner than this. And truly I deserved a better life than that, but I just didn't really see that, you know, at that moment. Um, and that's when I really decided that I needed to figure out that problem. This was not the life that I wanted to live, you know, for myself for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And that's um, the first time that I really became open to trying to figure out a solution instead of just concentrating on the problem. Mm -hmm. And for me, that really came in the form of coaching, which was something that I never even knew existed. I had no idea what it was. And it was sort of by accident that I found out about it. Um, you know, part of what had changed with my job is it had gone from essentially a no commuting job to a job with significant commute. And so I found myself in the car for hours every single week and kind of needing to do something to fill my time and was going through podcasts and landed on one that um, was talking about coaching. And it was very eye opening for me. It was all these concepts I'd never heard about before. I'd never considered before. And it was the first thing that really made me open my eyes and say, I could feel differently than I was feeling and here were tools to do it. And, and that's what I had been missing all along, which is the tools to figure out how do I go from feeling so miserable and out of control of my own experience to really changing everything about my life. And um, I never had any intention of actually becoming a coach. I just wanted to feel better. Like I wanted to hate my job less and I wanted to love practicing medicine and just feel better. And I started working one-on-one -on -one with my own coach and she really broke down for me sort of all the things, again, that we don't learn in medical school about how to take care of ourselves and about how to take care of the way that we're experiencing the situations around us. And it was through working with her that really my experience completely changed. And then I realized, wait a minute, these tools are so powerful that there's so many physicians that I know are just as unhappy as me. And if this thing that I didn't even know existed could help me this much, then I know other people can benefit from this too. And that was really what promoted me in terms of thinking about getting certified as a coach myself so that I could do this work with other physicians. Good part one, right? Well, I don't want to leave you hanging too long. So this kick of encouragement will be fast. And then you need to jump into part two on how Dr. Devin Gumbel and I talk more about using the tools that we know to getting unstuck. Girls, this is like free coaching. You're going to save yourselves hundreds of dollars getting into part two. But kick of encouragement for part one. Where are you stuck? Where do you have career misery? Or maybe the question is, where did you used to? I just want to bring up some attention in our lives that, you know, you don't have to tolerate it. You really, really don't. Of course, it's very scary to make changes, which is why it's always, always so important to have support. But I just want you to see how much are you tolerating? How much of your own discomfort are you living in? And what is it going to take 
to get you ready to move from that. I'm telling you, the grass really is greener on the other side when you realize all you got to do is jump the fence. As always, I would love to talk to each and every one of you. That's my goal for 2020. Connect with me on social media, drop me an email, or even more better, I guess that would be most best, sorry for the grammar, sixth grade teacher, is get on a phone call with me. I would love just to sit and have a chat to you. I promise no selling, no sleaze, just more fun with me and figuring out this exact topic. Where are you stuck? How are we going to get you unstuck? Where are you just in total misery? How are we going to get you to have enjoy and fun and just aliveness in your life? So remember, your life, your calling, your pulse 